Romans 12 really being the the core, a real core scripture. And in in coming to the place to where we're saying, I'm 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 offering my entirety to God as a as a sacrifice of worship, as a living sacrifice of worship to to that inside of a lifestyle of worship and a lifestyle of encountering the mercy of God, I'm receiving the ministry of the Holy Spirit of him renewing and transforming my mind. Like the everybody asks, how how do I transform my mind? How do I get my mind transformed? And 100%, I believe, you know, reading the word, getting the word inside of you, it's, it's a powerful tool. It divides, it divides, it, it's, it's living. Um, but, but if you're not ingesting the word through a lifestyle of worship, then what it becomes is another systematic approach to God. And you're taking the things in the word and forcing it to fit into preconceived ideas and existing paradigms. But if we pursue God in worship, we read his word in worship, we, we live our life from a, from a posture of worship, then the mercy of God starts encountering us. That, what is the very first thing we need to encounter every morning? The mercy of God. Like what else is there to encounter when he says that my mercies are new every morning? And, and, and so if we are going to the root system of the kingdom, the, the culture of the kingdom is mercy. You cannot truly embrace, I'm talking about embrace, not talk about, regurgitate, and, and use the lingo. I'm talking about truly embrace and abide in the culture of the kingdom. The very first place we start is the root system of mercy. It's the display of the cross. If the cross, the message, and the ministry of reconciliation is not redefining and encountering me and redefining who I am as a human being, then what I'm doing is, is, is I am, I'm taking a concept in the Scripture that's true and there, but not forcing the concept to fit in through the, the filter of mercy. Like, how can I encounter God, the one who is merciful, if, if I'm reading Scripture and not allowing the revelation of mercy to, to define what is being displayed here? Right, because because we've talked about this before that the, the word mercy um, it carries the picture of a wound. So we could we could say that that he said, "I beseech you by the mercy of God." He could say, I, "I'm beseeching you from the womb of God, from the very core of who God is, from the birthing place, from the life giving place of God." And so, if we want life giving um, interaction with the Father, guess what He's offering us first? Mercy. If, if mercy ever fell, eternity would completely disintegrate because mercy has to be eternal. The, the gift of mercy has to be everlasting because if, if not, if not, and he, and he had the capacity, right? He's choosing not. He, he chose to create an attribute of himself and say, this is who I am forever. I never was not, and I, and, and I always will be, the God of mercy. And, and, so, and so for me is this, um, if we're going to encounter the culture of the kingdom, it, it should irritate you, at, at the very least irritate you, that you have the capacity to articulate spiritual things. 
okay? But you're lacking the passion that mercy awakens when you're encountering those things you have the, you have the capacity to articulate. Like, there should be passion there. There should be fire there. Like, like if... If I am talking about the things of God and the person of God and the work of God and the ministry of the Holy Spirit, that, that you can't separate the concepts of God from the passion of God, the person of God, the, the love of God. Like all these things are interacting with us and that's where we discover the love of God is at the gateway of mercy. Love always offers to us what? Mercy. We love 1 Corinthians 13. What is he saying? He's saying, let me show you that love actually is that which takes the gift of mercy and manifests it and makes it a reality for all creation. And you get to walk in that same type of, of, of ministry and life, right? Because we love, you know, love is patient, love is kind. But what does that look like? That looks like mercy being the very core of who we are, that when someone bits on our face, that mercy starts to rise up and say, I want you to give them love. I want you to give them grace. I want, to give, I want, I want you to give them joy and not, um, I don't know, not the finger, uh, right? <clears throat> instead of, what is it? Instead of the right hand of fellowship, the one finger of rejection or something. Anyways, Laugh a little harder so they can hear y'all uh, in the recording. <laughs> Okay, Romans, Romans 12. Uh, Romans 12. I'm going to get us an uh, audience mic uh, out here. <laughs> yes, 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 I'll have that. Praise God. I'll have, I'll have my cute little wife <laughs> clap, <laughs> shout. Okay, uh, so Romans 12, verse 1. Beloved friends, what should be our proper, proper response to God's marvelous mercy? What should it be? What should be not... This is the thing. You, we can read this and say, okay, how do I work up something to give to God because he offered me mercy, right? That's how we read that. What is our proper response? He's not saying, you better do this. He's saying, this is what it looks like when you encounter the mercy of God. Okay? If this is not what it looks like when you're reading the scripture and you're praying and you're living in, in a lifestyle of you know, a community of the kingdom, if this is not the response that's coming alive, then you need to step back and say, am I truly encountering the mercy of God inside of all this, which is actually causing the kingdom to, to flourish, to produce fruit in my life, right? So, Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God to be his sacred living sacrifices and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. What is he saying? Surrender to mercy. Right? Don't, don't surrender to religion. Don't surrender to the mixture. Don't surrender to, to religion and of, of what it looks like to, to encounter the mercy of God. Truly ask, I want to encounter your mercy fresh today. I want my entire day and my existence to be defined and, and to be fueled by the person of mercy, right? Because what do we believe? What do we believe? That nothing that God gives us is separate from his person. 
He doesn't give us mercy. He gives him self. And so, so the mercy that he's doing, this mercy that's new every day is, is the offer of him giving himself to us anew um, um, throughout our life. <clears throat> All right. Praise the Lord. So verse, 20, verse 2. Uh, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by what? By the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit. Through a total reformation of how you think. What does mercy come after first? Your thinking. Your thinking. What is the thing that you should offer God and surrender to Him? Your thinking. Your beliefs. It's not, oh, Lord, I give you everything. I'm, oh, God. Like, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. But, but He's not wanting the act, He wants genuine. He wants you. And so if I sit there and say, oh, I don't know what mercy really looks like. So God, I surrender the beliefs that tell me that mercy is limited. I surrender my beliefs that keep me from, from believing that I'm holy. I surrender my beliefs that, that keeps me from knowing, right, that I am the delight of your heart. I surrender these beliefs. Because that's the thing. How do you live holy? How do you live holy? How do you truly manifest holiness? By coming into the revelation that he is holy and everything that he is, is is my origin. And if he's holy, I'm holy. And in that place, my belief starts being transformed and I get separated from living in this world and living by this world. And this is, listen, this is not, we sit there, we sit there and we, and we define holiness as behavior, okay? That holiness is getting your hair up in a bun, right? Right? All right. Listen, that's what, that's what I was taught, okay? If we're going to go there, I'm going to tell you. Holiness is getting your hair up in a bun, wearing a skirt down to your ankles, um, um, you know. Yeah, no, they didn't teach me that. That was, that was well... <laughs> yeah, they taught me that. Uh, you know, it was and, and, and it it was this idea of look holy, look weird, right? Like, listen, I'm gonna tell this to everybody in the world: there's nothing wrong with taking care of yourself. Okay, <laughs> nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it. Um. <laughs> I, uh, my, my justice was going to a school, and I will not name the name. Uh, he was going to a Christian school. And I don't, y'all have seen my child's hair, okay? Um, earlier on, they told him, they said uh, that he, he cannot have his hair cut like that because it's too worldly. And, <laughs> you know, and that's, that's the culture that we've been rescued from. That, that if, you're, if your hair's too long, or, or your skirt's too short that, that there's something that we have, to, we have to change you and make you fit into our box, right? And, and, and this is the thing, is that I would rather us genuinely live a life of, of, of love and, and genuinely manifest a lifestyle of teaching the next generation of walking with the Holy Spirit relationally of what their clothes should look like. Of, of how they should dress and how they should manage their life. How about we teach them the fellowship of the Holy Spirit instead of saying, if, if you don't 
if you don't shorten that, you know, if you don't shorten your hair or get your skirt longer, you can't, you can't be in this fellowship, right? How about we teach our children the fellowship of the Spirit so that when their skirt's too short, they got the conviction of God burning on the inside of them, right? Right? And, and again, I mean, obviously, we, we train our children in, in the ways they should go, but, but ultimately, that is the way they should go. To, be, to know the fellowship of the conviction of the Holy Spirit and say, how does my mind get transformed by the ministry of Holy Spirit? And, and so that's where I think that um, I love teaching. It's powerful. Uh, I, love, I love, you know, preaching. But ultimately, if we're not encountering God himself individually and intimately, then everything that we're doing in the corporate expression becomes... Um, it becomes an irritant. It just becomes something that they sit there and say, oh, man, I've heard this over and over because they're not hearing it by way of the Spirit. The Word of God is, is, is the language of the Spirit. And if we're preaching a gospel that is God, that is the, that is the kingdom, then if they're trying to listen with natural ears, that's what, we're, that's what, we've, that's what we've instilled in them. It's, it's, you need to shape your life by the outward expression, Right? And, and if we do that, then we lose the, the ministry of walking with the Holy Spirit in renewing our lives. Um, so this will, um, part B of, of verse 2, so this will empower you to discern God's will, right? Whether it be our kids or whether it be you right now, you can discern. You can know things that you should not know. You can have clarity in, in, in life and not need um, you don't have the distortion of other noises and other voices um, and opinions. Um, it's so empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. How do we live a life that's satisfying and perfect in his eyes? By hearing the declaration, you are holy. By hearing the declaration, you are righteous. By hearing he, the voice of the Father saying, I don't need you to do another thing until you get your root system in the revelation, in the it is finished work, right? And that's how we live satisfied. Because I'm not, I'm, this is, I love, we have used this scripture to, to sound like we're disengaging or disassociating or divorcing the world, right? Like when he says that, uh, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. That, I mean, who do you think he was talking to? Who do you think talking about? The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the people who are saying there's no supernatural activity, and the people say, I believe in a whole lot of supernatural activity, but we still got to keep it, you know, got to keep our, 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 our feet tied down to, to the law. That's what he was coming up against. Like, I don't, I don't obviously there is like the, this Greek uh, expression of, intellect being more powerful than God and all these things that, that we kind of look at. But ultimately, I can't confront the, the, cultures around, the cultures around me until I allow him to start infecting the culture inside of me, right? And so, so I don't know. We're not, we're not lacking voices right now. Like there's loud voices who are giving their opinion on politics on, on what the culture should look like if the church is infecting it. Like, we have, we have voices, but this is the issue. 
we, we, we've, got, we, we've got to encounter mercy and allow mercy to, to shove our life into the, into the ground of God and allow that to be where, where we find our sound, our voice, our ministry, and our life to where we're being transformed when we speak and do. There's just natural transformation that manifests. Right? Uh, if, if cultural transformation will be easy to, to the body that's been marked by the mercy of God. It'll be easy. Like, there's hard places. Well, guess what? If you see it that way, it'll be that. But I don't, I don't see this city, I don't see this area as something that's, um, that's hard and nasty and broken. I see it that they need mercy. They need to encounter the mercy of God. The crackhead, the, the prostitute, the, the educator who thinks that his mind is greater than Yahweh's, they all need to encounter God. Uh, the CEO, the rich white yuppie man who owns half of the area, like they need, they need, to, they need to encounter God, right? Um, and, and not religion. They've all encountered religion. They've all encountered the facade of we're Pentecostal, non-denominational, look at us, we shout and, and shoot arrows at people. Like, you know what I mean? Like, um, I would tell you that a lot of what we do in the Pentecostal church is by far, it has been more influenced by the prophets of Baal than New Testament expression of, of, of prophetic activity. Right? You know why I would say that? Because it's a whole lot of loud voices, a lot of hucking and bucking and doing the, the prophetic gestures, and very little fire. Very little fire. And, and I, there's, little, there's little five-year-olds that will encounter the glory of God and not know how to fit into our little culture and just say, Jesus loves you, and the fire of God will manifest. Yeah. Right? I mean, you can sway your, and I love whatever. I love banners. If we want to worship with banners, please bring your banner. Just don't hit anybody. I have seen, <laughs> I have seen like ninja banner, banner worshipers, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm fixing to hurt you. Like, uh, like somebody's going to get de decapitated. Like literally, y'all seen them? Like it looks like slicers are like, it's like. Uh. Anyways, God, and I love every banner worshiper. Uh, you are changing the world. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, you know, but, but this is the thing. If, if we're only taking things like that, like banners and, and, you know, swords and whatever, dressing up like the bride, like I don't care, like that's whatever, like whatever, I don't care. I want you to do you, okay? I'm not going to do it unless God literally, like, <laughs> does. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm not saying I won't, but it would have, just know. If I walk in here dressed in tuxedo or whatever, like especially a, bri a bridal gown, y'all know I've lost my marbles. But anyways, <laughs> Levi say no, I can't follow him no more. <laughs> hey, it's too far, bro. Too far. Too far. Um, but I, I I want us to make room for all the expressions because it's the thing. The Lord spoke to me a couple of months ago about how that if we silence the expression of praise, if we silence the expression of worship, and that's not just in a worship service. But, but, but let's go there, and then we can expand it. If we, if we silence the expression of the encounter of God, right? We have Paul, Paul, Paul and Silas. Is it Paul and Silas in the prison? Yep. We have Paul and Silas in the prison, and they choose to praise. They encounter God, and, and their expression, their sound of praise 
brings them to a place to where, wow, we're free, we're delivered. And their revelation of deliverance causes deliverance for everyone around them. And so my thing is this, is if we limit, if we limit internally, right? Because I've done it. We've all done it. We've all done it. If there may be seasons where God encounters us in a different way, okay? But, but if we're choosing to silence something, whether it be for, from embarrassment or if it be from um, past seasons that we've all kind of, as a family, have kind of walked through, each of us have walked through some experience to where we may have seen, um, and I use the word, we may have seen like fake expressions or, or exaggerated expressions or people trying to get uh, people's opinion, like people's applause and, and attention. And, and we can go through those seasons and be like, well, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. You know, and we've all been there. So this is the same. But, and God may be encountering you in a more silent, private way, or maybe a season where he's, you know, whatever. Like last, a couple of Wednesdays ago, um, I have not had an encounter like that in a while where my, my entire body was, was convulsing under the power of God. But I had a choice. I felt him touching me in my stomach. I could feel the power of God. Uh, and the, the heart of the Holy Spirit He said, you can either partner with this or, or you can reject it. Either way. I, I mean, I love you, but it's up to you. And in that moment, I said yes. And when I said yes, it started slowly building, slowly building. Until then, it was more of an, an exaggerated expression in front of people. But at the end of the day, I, we've got to say yes to whatever God's genuinely doing in our lives. And, and especially with us opening our doors to this region, they don't know what's appropriate, right? They don't know what's appropriate. What's appropriate? A prostitute breaking in and washing his, his feet with her, 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 her perfume and her tears and drying it with, with her hair. That's appropriate. That's the standard. Offend everyone around you and give him your best. That's the standard, right? And, and if we create a culture to where we, we've allowed past seasons or past experiences to, to define in our hearts, I can't go there. I'm not going to go there because that's it. And I've done it. We've all done it. And we may be, I've probably, I'm doing it some of it now. And that's why the Lord's kind of speaking to us um, that I don't want to reject it. I want to, us to navigate it as a family to welcome the genuine expression that, that if it's weeping or if it's silence or if it's shaking, if it's screaming, if it's shouting and dancing and, and whatever, that, that, we, that we make room for what his heart craves for in each, in each individual and also in a, in a corporate expression. Um, and so with that, uh, you just got to, you're going to have to ask yourself, is, is what I'm doing honoring my intellect and my flesh you know, the, 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 the soulish thing of me saying, hey, I'm not doing that. Or is it me saying, hey, God's not, God's not doing this in my life right now, but if he wants to or, or if I, you know, whatever, I'll shout and do whatever. I, you know what I mean? Um, that we give him our best no matter what. Give him our best. And, and that's what, as we welcome people in our family, um, they don't know a lot of them or they've had bad experiences. And, 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 as, and as people who lead with the compass of passion, that we sit there and say, it's okay. It's okay for you to encounter God and give him your yes, no matter what it looks like. Yeah. Right? Um, and so anyways, praise the Lord. Um, let's, finish, let's finish this up. 
<clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Come on, before we even even move forward in this, let's just let's just give, let's give our our yes <clears throat> to whatever he is is doing. Father, we just give you our yes. Um we give we give our yes to what you define as appropriate, Father. And and that is that is I'll I'll take my all because you gave me your all and say, here it is as worship. It may sound like silence. It may sound like a clap, a shout. It may look like me giving it, whatever it looks like. Father, we're not going to silence the expression of praise. We're not going to limit what you're doing in our family, in this community, because, Lord, we don't want to, to value the pain of the chain over, over the praise that, that, that brings us into the revelation of breakthrough. Lord, we celebrate praise. We celebrate thanksgiving. We celebrate in the midst of every circumstance saying thank you and hallelujah. And that, and that we do not become fixated on the restriction of chains and the pain that has been caused. And we, we look and put our perspective and our hearts on you, Yahweh, the author and the finisher, perfecter. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Whatever it looks like, whatever it looks like, whatever it looks like, Father, we thank you, Lord, that, that this is supposed to like heaven on earth, not, not like um, Ridgeline Fellowship on earth, but to thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, thank you, thank you for your goodness, for your grace. Even, even in this moment, I want you to see that Deception tried to reshape chains as as perspective, as as maturity, and 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 really we've got to embrace the childlikeness uh, to go back and say, hey, what I defined as maturity was really just be was just bondage, um, and so Lord, we we declare that our praise and our worship and our lifestyle of worship is is delivered. From, from the chains of, of our perspective, of our opinion, of our past experiences. And we want to experience you now so that as we continue that, that the breakthrough we're walking in, we can say, hey, the same breakthrough that I'm living in, it is God, the God of the breakthrough. It is, it is nothing I did. He did it. He finished it. And I just said, thank you. And so Lord, we say thank you tonight. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And um, don't, um, don't be surprised that when you go into your time of prayer or a worship expression and experience um, that you may, some of, the, some of the things, may something totally different, totally new for you, or it could be something that you've done before that you laid down and the Holy Spirit is just stirring it up again and saying, hey, where's your dance? Where's your shout? 
you know, whatever. Like, you know, um, but do it, just do it from the place of of letting mercy originate, you know, being the the instigator of that, just the goodness of God instigating it. Because if not, it's it it's the same spirit that that silenced it. Because that's the thing. Authority doesn't have a volume level. Okay? Authority doesn't have a volume level. Um uh, and so it doesn't matter what it looks like or sounds like. Let it let 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 the authority of God, the power of God, um, awaken it. It doesn't matter what it looks like. But we just say yes. That's our culture. That's what we say. Yes, we say yes to what He's doing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And and really, what I feel in my spirit in this season, um, I. I take it, take it, and and take it to the Lord. But I really feel like that in this season, that a lot of things that we have we've held on to dearly, He's um, He's delivering us from. Um, and uh, because I'm gonna tell you something, I held dearly to to my ability to take my intellect. And partner with what God's doing, and it's not it's not wrong. It's not wrong to take our intellect and study and to learn. But at the end of the day, if it's not passion, you can say it right, but be wrong. You know, you can say Amen and not mean it. Um, and so, because like all these people that we're listening to or what we're partnering with, or even in our own community, let's be real. Let's be real. We we are in we are in the we're in the the crosshairs of of awakening. We're in the crosshairs of revival. We're in the crosshairs of the glory to glory life. Okay, we're in it. We're in it. And to sit there and pretend like that if I'm in a community that's in the kingdom, that's stewarding the things of God, that I have zero responsibility to steward it in my own heart. That's you're living. You're living deceived. You're living to say deceived. You can you can enjoy the flame of someone else's heart, but you cannot be sustained if you don't have your own, right? And, and you can get deceived and think, I feel all warm and bubbly. You're Saul. You're Saul. You enjoyed David's sound, but you didn't find your own, right? And, and so, um, all right, verse 3, and then we will. Um, I started the recording 30 minutes after I started so I've only been going 30 minutes on, on the recording. So, uh, so I've got another 30 minutes. I'm just joking. <clears throat> I'm joking. Um, verse 3, God has given me grace to speak a warning about pride. So, so okay, well, okay, let me finish this. I would ask each of you to be emptied of self-promotion and not create a false image of your importance. Instead, honestly assess your worth by using your God-given faith as the standard of measurement, and then you will see your true value with an appropriate self-esteem. What does mercy do? What does mercy do? It eradicates pride because how do we, how do we eradicate pride? How, to, how do we empty ourselves of self-promotion and not create false images of our importance? How? By assessing our worth through the God-given Faith. So God give it. What is what is God given faith? It is. Um, can, can somebody get me a tissue like from the bathroom? Just some tool. I'm sorry, thank you. Um, praise God. What? How do we empty ourselves from pride, the desire of self promotion, and living from from a false image of worth? How do we do that? How do we do that? By encountering the mercy of God, by living in a lifestyle of worship, and 
and by sitting there and saying, what, what faith have I been given? What faith have I been given? I've been given the faith of Christ. And if I, listen, if, you, if your image, I want to read this. One of our core cultural commitments in the church is this. It's presence. We live, we live in, in, in face-to-face union. That's our proximity to God in oneness. That's, that's, that's what we've been given, okay? That our identity, our vision, and purpose is all revealed in the person of Jesus. You cannot discover identity, vision, or purpose outside of Jesus Christ being the definer of who you are as a person. It's impossible. You can't. You, you, can, you can find something, but, but it's not real. It's not real. Um, and so it revealed in Jesus and manifested. And, and how do we manifest the identity, vision, and purpose that we've discovered in Jesus? It's manifested as we host Father, Son, and Spirit in the revelation of unbroken fellowship, that we're caught up in the perichoresis. And me being aware that I'm in this circle dance of like, I, I don't know how to, like this, um, what is it? Um, what are those little toys they used to have that had like the oil and the glitter in it? You just shake it up and it just goes all crazy. That's almost the best way I can, de- I can depict the circle dance. It's like this, this, this beautiful intertwining of movement and we're in it. We're in it. And that's how we manifest what God is revealing through the Son. By saying, I'm, my life is centered on hosting Father, Son, and Spirit. Like, I'm the temple of God, and I get to host Him. Right? And how do we host the people through us planning a church? By you realizing that we're not hosting people by just going to a four-walled church. We're manifesting the vision and purpose of God by recognizing that everything I put my hand to is worshiping Yahweh in this unbroken fellowship. So that when I say hello to someone who comes for the first time, you know what? Listen, take out all the crap, okay? That well, we're just putting graders at the door because, or if a church has graders at the door, that we've just decided, well, they're, they're seeker sensitive and they just want big church and they want, no. How about we sit there and we be the change and stop being, uh, I don't know, prune people and point out everybody else's faults, right? I don't want to do that anymore. I want to sit there and say, we're putting people at the front of the door to prophesy over these human beings, to literally lavish them with the love of God and to let them know, I don't care what you look like, smell like, act like, you are so loved and welcomed in this house because we don't care about the numbers. We don't care. We don't care. Like We literally don't care. It's, it's you. I see you as a human. I don't see you as a, another number, right? Um, and so anyways, um, and so our whole, our, whole, our whole culture, the core of our culture is the presence of the Lord and, and hosting, uh, living our lives in that unbroken fellowship. Um, Jesus, I need to finish up. <clears throat> and that's, that's, that is what not living from pride looks like. That what I'm doing is, is not... It's not trying to discover identity, not trying to discover vision, not trying to discover purpose, right? That's where we get off, all of us. We all get off when I'm trying to discover vision and purpose and identity outside of just saying, if all I know to do today is worship, that's all I know. That's all I know to do. And and whatever comes from that, it'll bring transformation. 
it'll bring life, right? Because it's the thing, and I'm not I'm not preaching our church stuff, but but I do feel like that we have to hold on to the culture that God's given to us and learn to walk in it. But that's why the last, the first cultural core commitment is presence, and the last is worship. We box it in into the reality of it's all about us being one with Him and giving our lives for that. That our lifestyle is centered in worship that glorifies Father, Son, and Spirit while authentic, authentically and creatively manifesting cultural transformation. You will transform the world if your eyes and your ears and your entire being has been encountered by the person of Jesus. It's impossible not to. We've been trying to change the world while neglecting the secret place lifestyle, right? And that's why we've got fancy shows and big churches but we have very little effectiveness to show for what we've been doing, right? And it's because we forsook the lifestyle of the secret place. Um, and that's where that pride can't fit into the door of the secret place, right? I always say this, that pray in the Spirit if you don't know anything else to say because you can't pray anything other than the perfect will of the Father when you're praying in the Spirit and pride can't creep in and, and whatever, you know, it, it just has no access, Okay, so instead, honestly, assess your worth, and you're, we're worth everything, okay? You're worth everything. You're beautiful. Um, so verse four, in the, hum, in the human body, there are many parts and organs, each with a unique function. And so that is where we say yes to authentic, authenticity and creativity, that we're not silencing your expression. I'm not, that's not what the kingdom is about. It's not about conformity, right? And we've done real good at um, creating systems that, um, that assimilate people into a culture of conformity and, and not discovery. Um, I'm almost done. Um, <clears throat> this means that we are all vitally joined to one another with each contributing to the others. God's marvelous grace imparts to each one of us varying gifts and ministries that are uniquely ours. So if God has given you the grace gift of prophecy, you do it, go after it, use it. Um, from the place of faith, from the revelation of who you are and what he knows to be true. Verse 7, if your grace gets to serving, then thrive in serving others well. And this is where I, this is, <laughs> this is where we have to be careful, all right? He's talking about, and we can take this scripture and be like, serving, no, that's a grace gift. That God didn't give me that, praise God. <laughs> uh, he's talking about the, the culture of the body here, that, that you, may, you may thrive in this area, but when you thrive and partner with the body, what you've been graced to release, the entire body starts functioning in, right? right. And so if it's prophecy, then we'll be a people of prophecy. Serving, will be a people of serving. Like, it's not just, let's find all the servant people and, <laughs> and, and give them a toilet bowl clear. Praise God. Hey, praise the Lord. <laughs> um, but it's actually, let's celebrate the one who thrives in serving. And, and, and value their expression, right? Because they, 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 they may not sit here and say, um, oh, I love how we've, we've bought these nice expensive uh, chairs for the people, right? They're going to be like, no, we, we could have, you know, so bought cheaper ones and, I don't know, bought long chairs for the homeless or whatever, you know? Um, but we've learned to function together, together. Um, and so it, it makes beautiful, um, fruit. If you have the grace of teaching, then be actively teaching and training others. If you have the grace gift of encouragement, then use it often to encourage others. If you have the grace gift of giving to meet the needs of others, then you may, then may you prosper in your generosity without any fanfare. 
<clears throat> if you have the gift of leadership, be passionate about your leadership. And if you have the gift of showing compassion, then flourish in your cheerful display of compassion. This is, this is my heart, that we just manifest these things um, insanely well. Um, so we'll finish with these uh, last few uh, scriptures. Let the verse nine. Let the inner movement of your heart always to be love to to excuse me heart always to love one another and never play the role of an actor wearing a mask. Despise evil and embrace everything that is good and virtuous. But be devoted to loving your fellow believers as members of one family. Try to outdo yourselves in respect and honor of one another. Holy Spirit, we receive that. We receive that. Be authentic to serve the Lord, keeping your passion towards Him bowling hot. Radiate with the glow of the Holy Spirit and let Him fill you with excitement as you serve Him. And we can, we can keep, keep going, but this is where I wanted to get tonight with this last statement. Um, <clears throat> is this, is that as, as we move forward in... And in any area of your life, I don't care if it's us, you know, planting this church or it's you starting businesses or um, even you starting new, new jobs or whatever it looks like, that, that especially like with, with us, me preaching or, or us doing worship, like whatever it looks like, we can do these things, right? Because the gifts and calling, they don't get snatched up. Right, he's not an Indian giver. That's that's a that's a inappropriate statement in this this comment. Uh, uh, you know, he's he's not this God that sits there and says, "I will I will tease you with this, but if you irritate me, I'm gonna take it away." Right? Those things don't happen. And so what happens is is that we can do this. We can plant a church. You can start businesses. You can do these things. You can do these things. But if you don't have a blazing hot passion burning on the inside of you to love your brother and to love God, then guess what? We're welcoming people into an experience that we can create by the works of our flesh. And they will leave celebrating you. They will leave drinking from a well that will not satisfy. Right? And, and, I mean, we can drink from wells, right? We can either drink from the well of God or we can, we can drink from the, 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 the prostitute of religion, like, and we can try to drink that in, but it will not satisfy. Only the well of the Spirit is that which will satisfy. And so if it's me preaching or it's, or it's Kyla worshiping or it's you guys with y'all's businesses or, or whatever you're doing, even with the parenting classes, if we're not doing it in passion, that we're saying, I want, I want to find passion in this. I've, I, like, I would rather us on a Sunday morning, me shut my mouth and not preach, or us keep playing an instrumental until we discover the fire of passion in what we're doing, than to just finish it. Because that was one of the things with us, like even, um, that's, that is, that is, that's what happens with new things. If you're not careful, when something new happens, if it doesn't get instigated by the fire of the Spirit, it's what Pentecost was, the instigation of the Spirit. It was, it was the, 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 the dynamite of God saying, hey, I'm starting something new, and it's coming, and it cannot be stopped. That we have the choice that we can either lean into our intellect and our ability and our know-how, or we can lean into the Spirit and say, this may not look like 
my best, right? But it's passion overflowing from, from the inside of me to God and, as, and service to those around me, right? And so I don't care what you do. If it's greeting, if it's children, worship, preaching, sound, praise the Lord, whatever it is, find the fire and say, that's what I'm holding on to. Because I'm telling you, that's when pride starts creeping in. Well, I shouldn't be doing this. This is, this is ridiculous. I'm not even called to do this. This is, you know, this is a bunch of crap, you know, right? Right? You know what you're doing? You're warming up at a fire, right, Peter? You're warming up a fire and denying God, right? And he's sitting there looking at you straight in your face and saying, hey, come on. This is what you were created for, right? And so, and so anyways, and so I want us to do this with the passion and the fire of the Holy Spirit and, and with a generous love of saying, hey, let's outdo ourselves. Let's outdo ourselves. And um, anyway, so thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you that, that you, have, you have put the seed of grace in each and every one of us, that we are not lacking grace. We are not lacking, um, we're not lacking anything. You have given us every good and perfect thing. And so, Holy Spirit, we welcome you as, as the spirit of wisdom and revelation to bring us into a greater degree of knowing Yahweh intimately, that our imaginations will be unlocked by the light of God. Lord, that, that the power expression that you've called us to live from will be, will be a testimony to the world. Lord, we do not want to simply be satisfied with a lingo of intimacy, but lacking the illumination of intimacy, lacking the power, packing the power of intimacy. Because that's what Ephesians 1 is declaring, that the spirit of wisdom revelation encountering the heart always leads you to the illumination of the imagination and the display of power in our life. And so, Lord, we say yes to your spirit the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. We say yes to whatever we put our hands to, that it would become oily, oily with the presence of Jesus, the anointed one. That, that where we walk, that there wouldn't just simply be footprints of oil, but there would be an overflow of oil. That, that the abundance, the fatness of your presence the overflowing goodness of your presence would, would, be, would be a marking and defining um, uh, daily experience that we walk in, that we, that we wouldn't just sit there and say, oh, he's good. But we sit there and say, oh, I know he's good. And we wouldn't just say, oh, he's powerful. But we'd say, oh, no, I know he is powerful. Let us partner with the early church that didn't get caught up in continuing to regurgitating the ministry of Jesus, but said we so have become one with him that now we will release everything he is in our lifetime and not just talk about what happened in the past. But we welcome the right now God, the ever-present God, the Emmanuel God, the, the God that will never leave us nor forsake us, that's who you are, Yahweh. You are not a God that's saying, put on a good show and I might show up and sit in the crowd and watch what you're doing. But you're saying, I am with you 
every step of the way. And Lord, we give up the things that we've held on to so tightly. Yeah. Yes. Put your hands out right now. Ooh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I see hands that are dry and callous that have been clutched and held so tight like a fist because we've tried to hold on to our ways. We've tried to hold on to, to, to what we thought was right. And the, I'm telling you, the Lord said, open your hands right now and release what you've been trying to hold on to. And I saw the oil of mercy washing over our hands and making them new and alive and powerful again. Conduits of his power. The anointing is what breaks the yokes, friends. And I declare it is not holding on. It's not holding on and striving. It is letting go and surrendering to love and mercy. That is where the anointing flows. Come on, feel the oil of his presence. Feel the oil. Encounter his oil, the presence, the oily presence of Jesus. Yes, yes, yes. Because this is what the Lord says, that I've called you, I've called you to be a people that everything that you put your hand to is blessed with the abundance of oil. That's marked by abundance. That's marked by, by goodness. That's marked by an overwhelming substance. And then I feel that we've been so satisfied with having enough that, that Lord, thank you that five people got touched. And that's great. That we have to be thankful. That's, what, that's a beautiful thing. But thanksgiving keeps us in the perspective of who he is. And there's more. He's unlimited. And if your thanksgiving causes you to be satisfied with a limited expression, it's not Thanksgiving, friends. It's poverty. It's the sound of poverty that sounds right, but it's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. Lord, let our thanksgiving not find its root in its sound in poverty, but in the revelation of sonship. Yep. Yep, the Lord wants you to put your hands out again if you put them up because there's more. There's more. As an act of just saying, I believe there's more. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. In this, in this oily experience of your hands being released and surrendered, there can, be, there can be a release of impartation. There can be a release of, of being sent and commissioned by God. But if you're holding on to the things that you think you want and the things that you think are important, you cannot know the impartation of the Spirit. You cannot know the reality of being commissioned by God. Jesus. And He's wanting you to be delivered from this dry expression so that he can commission you into the abundance of abiding. She says, why is there no fruit? The Lord says, 
because you're holding on to it too tightly. And I want you to let go and surrender so that you can be a branch in the vine and not try to hold on to what you thought was fruit and let the Father prune and let the Father produce. Yeah. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And the Lord wants you to know that that in this surrender doesn't mean overnight you get what you think you want. But in this surrender, he could lead you the opposite direction of what you think you should go. But the glory of God, the presence of God, will lead you and guide you, and it will be that which satisfies you. That sometimes you've got to get away from what you have defined as the promise so that you can come and know the promise keeper. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a season that he's wanting you to come into a great encounter with the kinsman redeemer, with the promise keeper, with the person of God, with the reconciler, the redeemer, and not hold tightly to what you think it looks like on the other side of redemption on the other side of the promise, on the other side. The Lord is severing the addiction and the attraction of what tomorrow holds and what the other side of the fence could have for you. I'm telling you, there is an abundant rain coming to where you are planted. I keep hearing this, um, and I believe it's from the Lord, that... That we the 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 phrase that it's greener on the other side, and then the finished the finished phrase is that it's greener where it's watered. That the Father's wanting to plant you, and say, "Don't worry about what's around you. Worry about what's funneling up and fountaining up from the inside, because that's what's going to change your surroundings. Come into the victory of Jesus." Come on, what did we talk about a couple of weeks ago? That Jesus already is vict- has victory over the, over the wilderness. We get to come into that, that victory. You don't have to conquer the, the wilderness. He already did. And so to you, it may look like a barren wilderness. But the Lord's saying, no, 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 there's a wellspring. There's a wellspring that you've been rooted into. And I need you to stop worrying about the wilderness because the water that's flowing, the living spirit that's flowing on the inside of you, that's what's going to transform the wilderness into an oasis. But I need you to get addicted to the wellspring. Drink deep. Drink deep right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I hear the Lord saying there's things that you thought you should have started and it was out of your own, your own ability, your own capacity. And the Lord's going to take some of us through a season of, of, it may seem embarrassing, but I'm telling you, the Lord said, no, no, no. I need you to cut that out. Yeah, yeah. Yep. 
Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yeah. I hear the Lord. I hear this phrase that that there was there was a starting absent of 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 the firing of worship. And 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 we've we've started some things too quickly. And the Lord said, Hey, bring it back, bring it back, bring it back. And you're gonna discover it's gonna be better than you ever could dream. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's it is this. It is this, friends. You're fixing to encounter Yahweh the provider if you'll put your Isaac on the altar. That that yes, Jesus has finished that. But I'm telling you, sometimes we have to take our promises and say, I know that they're already resurrected if you're asking me to lay them down. Come to know him as provider. Come to, right now. Sure. Yes, come to know him as provider. Put, put the striving down. Let the striving cease and let provider Yahweh pour his oily substance all over your hands, all over your feet. Let him anoint your head. Let it run down. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I, I saw the Lord anointing Aaron. I could see I could see the oil hitting his head and running down his beard. And the Lord spoke to me and said that he's coming to anoint many of our, our minds first, that, that we've tried to change our speaking. But I'm telling you, before the oil changed our thinking, that you may have said the right things and did the right things, but the Lord's saying, I want the oil to touch your head. I want the oil to touch your soul the oil to touch your mind and bring transformation so that when you do speak, the oil has ran from your head down to your mouth and it's oil oozing from your words. Yeah, yeah, because I hear the Lord, I feel, man, I say this, that the Lord wants us to recognize that this is a, a, a correct principle in the kingdom, that to change the way you think is to change what you speak but it's impossible to truly do anything by works and get the right outcome. And the Lord's saying, ask me to encounter you with my oil in your mind, in your thinking, the oil of mercy, the oil of gladness, the oil of joy, and then let that be the source of your mind and your thinking transformation. And then when you speak the things that are God's ways and God's thinking and God's words, they'll be, they'll be, they will be oil that breaks the yoke and sets the captive free. Thank you, Lord. Whoa. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. I feel like the Lord wants to confront some things. That the right word spoken from the wrong spirit can be as much a word curse as a demonic word spoken from a demonic spirit. Because you can say the right thing from a religious spirit and it breeds the seed of religiosity. And the Lord's saying, I want to sever, I want to sever those sources tonight and start the work of your mind being covered in oil and your mouth being covered in oil until your hands and your feet are covered in oil. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We say, yes, have our minds. Have our works. Have our vision. Have our identity. Have our purpose. Have our promise. I want you, Yahweh, the provider. Come on, just say, I want you, provider God. I want you, kinsman redeemer. I want you, reconciler, promise keeper. How sad would it be that I had the promise but never knew the promise keeper? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> yep. Yep. And he's saying, just open the eyes of your spirit because I've never walked away from being face to face with you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm telling you, he says, you, 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 Prostitute, you may try to define yourself and connect more with a prostitute, but I'm telling you, Hosea was always pursuing you and never stopped loving you. When you ventured away and ran off, God was still saying, oh, no, 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 I'm going to marry you. I'm, I've already married you. I'm in love with you. Yeah, yeah, thank you, Lord. We take off the robe of wonder. We take off the robe of, of vagabond. We take off the robe of, of prodigal. We take off those, those identities. We take them off by the grace of God right now. Yep, yep. I'm telling you right now, I see the heaviness of layered identity is being broken off right now. That there's this layer and that layer. If you think you're this and you think you're that and you think you're that. And he said, no, 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 you're beautiful. You're lovely. You are my bride. You are my son. You are my daughter. And those layered identities that have been so heavy on top of you to where you don't know, you can't feel, you can't think, you can't discern. The Lord's saying, come and let mercy sever that so that you can know what true discernment is. So that you can truly know who you are and how to walk in this world free from the systems of this age. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yep. 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 It's almost, I almost see, what is it? The, the, the gobstopper that has like multiple colored layers. And then when you get down to the core, it's like, what? That's what God's doing. It's like you, you had all these fancy things that you tried to put on yourself. You're not an entrepreneur. You're not a creative. You're not, uh, you're not a preacher. You're not, you're not this. You're not that. You are a son and daughter. You are, you are the bride of Christ. You're an image bearer. You are, you are unified with Jesus. You'll accomplish all these beautiful things and doing things that the world would define as an entrepreneur, as a creative person or, or a business owner or those things. But ultimately, the only way is to know that you are one with him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And some of this, you may sit there and say, oh, yeah, I've heard this before. But I'm telling you, the word, the power of God, the anointing of God is coming to confront the strongholds in your mind. I declare strongholds be broken by the truth of Jesus. 
issue. Yes. Shoo. Shoo. I'm telling you, the stronghold has defined the flow of God as a moat that is, that is disgusting and dry, dead and dull. And the stronghold says, stay in here, stay in here. All that nasty stuff, you don't need that. And I'm telling you, God is saying, no, the stronghold has to be broken so you can see clearly it's a fresh and living stream of delight and pleasure and life. It doesn't have the ancient hidden demonic spirits that try to take you down and destroy you. It, no, it's a fresh and living water. And the stronghold is trying to keep you from seeing what the river really is. Thank you, Lord. I'm telling you, the strongholds made you to believe that that, that that wall and that moat is to keep the enemy out. But I'm telling you, it's truly to keep the Savior out. And I'm telling you, it's breaking open right now in Jesus' name. Whew. Crystal. Crystal light, a kingdom of crystal right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.